1: At participating Napa Auto Parts stores while supplies last. Minimum three items. Exclusions apply. Offer ends 10-31-17. You are Locked On Magic. Your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day.
2: And you are indeed Locked On Magic. It is December 9th, 2016. A very happy Friday to everyone. I hope everyone is ready and pumped for the weekend. Of course, it's basketball for me, so there there is no weekend. There's just... The continuing of the schedule is the Orlando Magic take on the Charlotte Hornets up in Charlotte on Friday, and then they'll come back home, take on the Denver Nuggets at home on Saturday, and then two days off. Imagine that, uh, Sunday and Monday, and then the Magic will be back on the road to take on the Hawks, and then back home to face the Clippers. So, more back-to-backs is just what the Magic want to hear and want to see. We'll have a complete preview of this weekend's games. I got a chance to watch the Denver Nuggets play against the Washington Wizards uh, this evening, so... Uh, got a good sense of them and, and a little quick preview of the Hornets as well. Uh, like I mentioned on yesterday's show, if you missed it, uh, did a little mini mailbag on that show, so be sure to check that out. You can go check out the, the archives of Locked On Magic on Boom, iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, all those fun places where you can download podcasts. Be sure to check out our episode of uh, Reviewing the Magic at the Quarter Poll of the Season. I believe I recorded that one on Tuesday, uh, so be sure to check that out. Um, good check of checkup of where the magic are at. As this episode will be in many respects, will uh, like I said yesterday, I'll talk a little bit about Nikola Vucevic and how far he's come and where he's going this season, and certainly his role has has changed a little bit. And then I will, dis- and then I'll play for you a uh, a radio segment that I did with our good pals at Sports Talk Florida, ten eighty a.m. in Orlando. It's ac- actually kind of grown its listener ba- listener base. So I think you can also listen to. Uh, Tuck and O'Neill up in Gainesville and Ocala now as well. But I joined Tuck and O'Neill uh, on local radio in Orlando. Uh, I, I did get the the clip, so uh, I will play that for you. Be sure to listen to Tuck and O'Neill. That's uh, on 1080 AM Sports Talk Florida in Orlando. It's on SportsTalkFlorida.com from three to six p.m. Before we get going, though, I do want to say a brief word from our friends at DSI. If you're ready to get into the action with your favorite sport, basketball, check out BetDSI.com. They have over 20 years in the business. Uh, they're, they're great for basketball. They have a great special going on right now if you're into the into the gambling scene, if you're into the sports wagering scene. that DSI is your place to go. If you sign up today, you get $10 free to try their service. DSI is also offering a 100% bonus on your first deposit. They have great customer service, fast and easy payments of winnings, Hundreds of football and basketball wagers to choose from. You can also get UFC. Pretty much anything they've got for you right there available for you. BetDSI even has live in-game wagering if that's your fix for all football, basketball, and other major sporting events. You can play virtually anything at BetDSI. So go to BetDSI.com right now. That's BetDSI.com. Go there now and use our promo code MAGIC10 and get your free wager and start winning today. Uh, so, uh, so obviously, we'll, we'll preview that. I'm sure some of you will be thinking about that as we get ready for this weekend's games. The Orlando Magic taking on the Charlotte Hornets first. That's a Friday game. Uh, going to be a really interesting one. Obviously, another big division battle. Another team that's playing really, really well. Has that identity really set. Really very similar team to who the Magic want to be. Uh, we'll have a post up on orlandomagicdaily.com later on today. Uh, discussing some of the similarities in the way that the, the Charlotte Bobcats slash Hornets have built themselves into one of the best teams in the Eastern Conference and why that model might make sense for the Orlando Magic. Obviously, the big difference between the the Hornets and the Magic, perhaps, is the presence of Kemba Walker, who has really emerged this year as an all-star quality player. When you look at what Kemba Walker's done this year, it's really incredible, and, and he just has that it factor, and I think we saw it a lot in college at UConn, and it took a while for it to translate into the NBA, but he just knows how to break people down and score. Uh, And especially late in games, that comes very much in handy. But this Hornets team is more than just Kemba Walker, and Kemba Walker has been very good. This Hornets team has a very clear identity, uh, a team that knows who they are and what they do well, and as you would expect with a Steve Clifford team, and Magic fans are certainly very familiar with Steve Clifford. As you would expect with a Steve Clifford team, they rely heavily on their defense. According to BasketballReference.com, Charlotte Hornets have a 103.5 defensive rating, fifth in the league. Like the Magic, this is a strong defensive team. And that was on full display in their their win Wednesday over the Detroit Pistons. A 10-point win was like 87-77. It was, it was ugly, even in the 15-minute condensed version that you can get on NBA League Pass on the NBA app. Um... But Charlotte can buckle down and really stop pretty much any team in the league. They're they're just just very capable. They're 13-9 right now, about where they should be. A Very solid team in the Eastern Conference, feeling very comfortable. They didn't make a lot of changes from last year's roster, which is probably why they've gotten off to such a good start. And they'll provide a very good challenge for the Magic. Now, what the Magic might have over them is the size factor. Serge Ibaka has proven himself able to guard a lot of stretch fours and Charlotte just got Marvin Williams back from an injury. Uh, he is someone that could that should be able to close out and Williams in the corner while still providing that rim protection the Magic need. And you know Bismack Biyombo is going to be out on Cody Zeller, so they'll try and spread the floor a little bit to give Kemba Walker the room. But the Magic can can keep kind of two feet in the paint and really clutter up the space and hopefully make it more difficult because Charlotte doesn't have a ton. of of fantastic three-point shooters. They have some good three-point shooters, but not a ton of fantastic three-point shooters. Looking at their stats right now, Marco Bellinelli and Kemba Walker are both shooting out of their minds above 40%. Uh, Bellinelli at 43.7, you expect that from him. Walker at 41.4% from beyond the arc. But Marvin Williams is at 34.4, Nicholas Batum's at 31.3, and no one else is above 30. So that's four rotation players, at least who are above the forty point for forty percent line. And the Magic have been very good at defending the three-point line. So if they can keep Charlotte out of the paint, if they can kind of kind of quasi-zone them up a little bit, have Biombo, have Ibaka both in the lane, deterring people from driving, they should be able to 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 keep Charlotte on the perimeter and really make them stall. And of course, what you don't want happening is Kemba Walker getting downhill, being able to break guys one on one. You want that help help to be there and to make sure that they, that that they're not getting that that inside play. Charlotte is is a very interesting team. They're obviously very capable. They they score a lot, um and and that's that's just I mean they're able to score a lot, but but their their thing is on the defensive end. They're they're very stout defensively, a very solid just in general, and, and that, of course that I think is what you expect from a Steve Clifford team. It should be a very good game. The Magic have played the Hornets very very well the last few years, uh, so I suspect that this one will be no different. Touching briefly on Saturday's game, I don't want to look too far ahead, but we obviously won't have a podcast tomorrow, uh, but uh, the Denver Nuggets, another really young team, they got some interesting lineups. If you're not careful, they can score a lot of points on you. They're on a long road trip right now, uh, and it certainly felt like fatigue was beginning to play a factor with them and their loss to the Washington Wizards. They led for much of the first half of that game. They're sitting at 8-14 right now, 8-15 and 15 right now after the loss to the Wizards, uh, they they, they they had the lead in the first half. They were playing really really well, and even like it surprised me. Jameer Nelson got the start for them last uh, last night, was able to to really help spur that team along. But they just kind of ran out of gas. They started falling. They started falling in love with their jumper. Um, they're in the midst of a uh one two three six game road trip right now. They went from Utah to Philly to Brooklyn to Washington to Orlando, and then they'll finish off with Dallas. So. It seems like their legs kind of got to them with the back-to-back with Brooklyn. They lost to Brooklyn 116-111. Um, they'll have the day off. They're going to travel to Orlando uh, on Friday. On Friday, uh, So maybe they'll they'll get their legs back. But this is still a team that can be dangerous but isn't the most dangerous team in the world. Um, they, they they have lapses on defense. They'll go through long droughts on offense. Uh, but they've got some players. they got a lot of talent. Their, their talent is really impressive. And they got some size too. So the Magic are going to have to watch out for that, you know, maybe that'll keep some of their bigs in the paint, but they've 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 got to be very tight on the interior to uh to, to come out with a win here. It'll be a, a tough game. Denver Denver does play hard, um, but a lot of holes on that roster too. So I don't think uh, it's a game to look past. If if there's a team to play on the fifth night of a four and five nights, Denver is a more palatable opponent. But obviously, Orlando will have their work out for them, and of course, they got to take care of business against Charlotte before they get home to play. Denver, and a big player that the Magic have been kind of keeping a close eye on this this whole season really is, of course, Nikola Vucevic, leading scorer, or one of the leading scorers from last year, a guy who has all the offensive skills and, and weaponry to be a, a really strong player for the Magic, and he has been under the most scrutiny this year. Um, it, it, believe it. I mean, just just for whatever. I mean, for, not for whatever reason, but Nikola Vucevic has had the most scrutiny put on him. He had the most lineup pressure put on him when the Magic went out and got Serge Ibaka and went out and got Bismack Biambo. Uh His role as a center, as a starting center on this team, seemed in jeopardy. Uh, everyone knows what he can do. He can score. He can pop out and shoot jumpers. Um, he's. I, I never thought he was as bad defensively as some people said, but it still felt like there's a ceiling on what you could do defensively with him as your starting center because he just doesn't have that rim protection and and players are still not afraid to drive right at him. And so the Magic had a lot of questions and they obviously looked to fill some needs to either support Vucevic or eventually replace him. Vucevic was pretty adamant in the summer that he was the starter. They weren't going to they he wasn't going to budge on that and he started the year and frankly kind of struggled. I mean, his offense was really slow to come, and really he really struggled early on in the season. That appears to have changed a little bit, but it also came at a little bit of a cost. And The Magic eventually decided to move Vucevic to the bench, bring him in against second-unit players, and see what he could do from there. His offense has bounced up since, since that, and I'll, I'll share the stats here in just a moment. Uh, Nikola Vucevic just started the year so slow, but his defense was kind of saving him. Um, he was really, I felt like trying to to fit in a little bit, um, a little bit too much. In fact, I, I felt like he was feeling like, oh, I've got to be the facilitator, or my role is to be out on the elbow rather than the post. And the Magic weren't getting him involved in the same way that they that they usually do. Uh, heading into the game uh, before the road trip, uh, Vucevic was averaging just ten point seven points per game and shooting forty one percent from the floor. This is not Nikola Vucevic. He was gobbling up rebounds at an incredible rate. He's actually uh, at at his highest rebound rate of his career. But the Magic were missing the offense from him. And that's essentially why he was in the starting lineup to begin with. Since the road trip, since coming off the bench... Let me pull this up. Since coming off the bench... Nikola Vucevic has played significantly, significantly better offensively. Now... In about the same minutes, it's about twenty-eight minutes per game. Nikola Vucevic is averaging now thirteen point nine points per game. He's averaging eleven point eight points per game in sixteen games as a starter, shooting forty-four point six percent from the floor. Still not great, but okay. Uh, he's got still got getting ten point nine rebounds per game in about the same amount of time. So he's still averaging a double double coming off the bench. His shooting per- his shooting percentage has slowly begun to creep up. It's gotten better and better and better, and he seems to be making more shots. What's really interesting when it comes to Vucevic, though, is where he's getting his shots. His scoring isn't coming in the post as much as it was uh, a few years ago, even last year. Uh, at one point this season, and, and I'm stalling here to actually look up the stats, so excuse me if I uh, trail off a little bit or, or kind of lose lose my place, but um, in it, at one point this season, Nikola Vucevic's post-ups were the lowest... That they'd been, believe it or not. He was uh he was, or he was taking about half as many post-ups as he was um as he was last year. And that's a big deal for the manager because obviously that's one place that he's can be really, really good. Uh this year, so far this year, Nikola Vucevic is is getting. I'm pulling it up here. Four point six post touches per game, shooting fifty five point eight percent on post touches. Two point seven points per game on post touches. Last year. So it's last year. He was at six point nine post post touches per game, and four point eight points per game. So again, you're seeing it that his post numbers. His, his, his getting the ball on the block has been essentially cut in half. He's been turned into a perimeter player. And some of that is because of Serge Ibaka, and some of that is because of a lot of different things. So the question then, of course, is is this a good thing? You know, is is this how you want to use Nikola Vucevic? I do think the man. I think his post touches have come up in recent games, in recent weeks, and that's led to his offense kind of revitalizing itself. He's not just p- picking and popping. He's not just catching the ball at the elbow and, and running things through there. He's not just taking jumpers. He's getting close to the basket. And, and Nikola Vucevic still has just incredible value offensively because of his efficiency on the block. So with Nikola Vucevic's numbers down, it seems, this year offensively, what, what has he been good at? Why, why is he still getting minutes? And, and again, of course, maybe... Why does he still why is there still this fascination with him and and why does he still play a major role for this team? And the answer for that is he has truly begun to find his defensive fit with the Orlando Magic this year. It's been one of the most pleasant and happy surprises of the season. Now, as you probably know from Wednesday's game against the Celtics, the weaknesses with Nikola Vucevic are all still there. Um you still have the problem, where I guess you can call it a problem. You still have the issue of Nikola Vucevic is not a great rim protector. He's not going to jump up and block a shot like Bismack Biyombo can. That's that's not who he is, and he'll be the first to tell you that's not who he is. Um, he still struggles in pick and rolls uh, when 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 a center or a guard isolates him in the perimeter. If they can get him to just try and move laterally, he's still going to struggle. But what's been really different about Nikola Vucevic this year is he's been much better. He's been much better contesting shots at the rim using verticality, which is something Frank Vogel is known throughout the league in teaching. That's that's something he got Roy Hibbert to do really really well. Uh, but he's also been good at getting into position. Also been good at trusting that the player behind him is going to cover his man. I mean, having Serge Ibaka or Bismack Biyombo behind him has been that big of a, uh, of, a of a of a strength. For the magic, because now Nikola Vucevic can go press up on the guard and stop the guard, uh, for all, while the man's rec- while that that guard's man is recovering from a pick and roll, knowing someone's going to have his back. That's something that I think was really missing, and it's really unlocked Nikola Vucevic. Some of his defensive numbers for you here, they're very impressive. He's got 1.2 defensive win shares, which is among the top top in the league. He's also got a plus 2.7 defensive box plus minus, according to basketball reference. These are kind of offhand defensive uh, metrics that, that that kind of try to take into account individual, um, individual defensive contribution. But that 2.7 defensive box plus minus means is essentially... Basketball Reference is saying Nikola Vucevic, as an individual, is 2.7 points per 100 possessions better than having the average player in there. So essentially, if you put in, if you took Vucevic out and put in an average player, you'd have your defense would be 2.7 points per 100 possessions worse. Now, that is a big difference, especially for an individual, and it's one of the tops in the league. Only I think Bismack Biombo has a higher DPPM on the Magic. Looking at you know maybe more tangible you know raw statistic according to nba.com nikola Vucevic is defending def- uh, de- nikola Vucevic is giving up 50.3% shooting at the rim teams are uh, str- are not shooting as efficiently against nikola Vucevic this season last year he was at 54% his his de- defense at the rim has gone down by 4 percentage points again that is a huge difference And it's really transformed the way the Magic can use Nikola Vucevic. It's really transformed the way that the team has improved. Because if Nikola Vucevic doesn't play this way, the Magic aren't one of the top defenses in the league. Plain and simple. He's been a big contributor on that end. And so, it's been an up and down ride. But that defense from Vucevic has been fairly consistent throughout the year. Vucevic is actually giving up a better defensive field goal percentage at the rim than Serge Ibaka. Just think about that for just a moment. Um, Teams are not scoring on Nikola Vucevic very easily. He's done a very good job on that front. And so, we know what's coming up next week. We know that the, the trade market's going to begin to open, and regardless of how well or how poorly Nikola Vucevic is playing, I think it's fair to say that Nikola Vucevic will be involved in trade discussions. His name is going to be Thrown about because that's he's got a very team-friendly contract. He seems like the extra man uh, who wants to start, not particularly, you know, maybe not particularly happy with his role uh, with this Magic team. And so the question then is, what happens when the Magic reach that point? They're not at that point yet, and they found a nice rotation right now with their big with their big men. And Nikola Vucevic has held his own with that big man group. He's held his own with Serge Ibaka and Bismack Biombo and contributed to one of the top defenses in the league. And that's not something we would have said last year. And so when, you know, I, I guess what I wanted to do was just discuss where Nikola Vucevic is at as a player this year. And certainly I think his shooting percentages have been disappointing. I think I'd like, I'd like to see the Magic use him more in the post. Um, they've done some sets where they... Do a pick and roll involving uh, Vucevic or Baca and kind of have one pop or one be uh, an outlet, um, you know, so to speak, on, on pick and rolls. While he, you know, while you know, it, it, the, I, I like the pairing together. It's, it's hard to explain without kind of drawing it up or, or showing an example, but I like the pairing together uh, of these two players. I, I think that they they do complement each other very well on the offensive side because they can both step out and shoot jumpers. Um, but how do we, again, how, how do we evaluate Nikola Vucevic this year? It's been an interesting and difficult year because his offense isn't what it was. Not at all. It, it, it isn't what it was. But then again, maybe the Magic don't need that as much, or they're using him in a way where he's getting the most out of what he can do because he's shooting a lot of mid range jumpers, and 41% is about what you shoot on mid range jumpers, 43% is about what you shoot on those. There are ways to keep Nikola Vucevic improving and, and, and use him better. But overall, I'd I'd say I'm very happy with the way that Nikola Vucevic is playing. I'm very happy with the defense he's provided because I, I wasn't sure that he could bring I, I wasn't sure that he could reach this level. And he has. Now, could he anchor a team without Ibaka next to him? Probably not. I would say I would I do think that the Ibaka Biombo combo is not just something that rhymes, but it is something that has helped. Nikola Vucevic get the most def- out of himself defensively. So that's that I guess. I mean that's 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 Nikola Vucevic still a guy that's tough to figure out, tough to tough to find a uh, a uh, uh, a real conclusion about and what he is or what he can do for this team. We know that we know that he's going to consistently score and he's going to consistently make those jumpers. And right now, we know that we can count on him defensively, and I think that that is still a huge, huge step for him. And we'll see how that continues to develop as year goes on. And obviously, uh, I don't think the story with Nikola Vucevic is is over by a long shot. Okay, uh, I'm going to step aside here and tell you all about uh, Sports Talk Florida real fast. Uh, of course, our, our pals at Tuck and O'Neill had me on for a segment talking about the Magic on Sports Talk Florida. Earlier on Thursday, uh, so I wanted to uh, I want to thank the producer Eric Lopez uh, for having me on and, and for sharing the clip with me. So I'm a, we talked about a number of issues with the Orlando. We talked about a number of issues with about the Orlando Magic uh, coming off of Wednesday's game uh, and where this team is at and how they have improved in the last few in the last few weeks. Uh, so uh, I'll turn it over to to Tuck and O'Neill. Remember, you can listen to Tuck and O'Neill on SportsTalkFlorida.com or 10.80 a.m. Sports Talk Florida in Orlando as well as uh, throughout uh, Central Florida. Check out sportstalkflorida.com to find your local radio station. Uh, Tuck and O'Neill airs from 3 to 6 p.m. And, and I'll let them take it away. Rozier, two dribbles to the right hand, nothing there. Horford takes the handoff back to Rozier. Draws the double team, kick out Jarebko.
0: floats it towards Jalen Brown. One dribble with left hand, attacks Meeks, throws it off to in The Boston Celtics will come on the road win two out of three and have some momentum but will they have isaiah thomas when they take the floor friday night against toronto clock hits triple zeros and we are done the final score boston 117 orlando 87.
1: credit boston for uh, for a great second half um you know, like we said pregame, they got three pit bulls on the uh, on the perimeter and and avery and uh, smart and crowder and uh you know, those guys really got into us and controlled the game. We just got to play better. You know, the second, second night of back-to-back can't be an excuse. I mean, every, every team plays these situations, and um, if we're going to be a playoff team, we got to win these games.
0: Frank Vogel is the head basketball coach of the Orlando Magic on the backside of last night's loss to the Boston Celtics. One-sided blowout in that second half. Boston won it by... Uh, 117 to 87 count. We are talking O'Neill, Florida Sports Talk the team. Today and every Thursday, we broadcast live out at Lafayette Point Orlando upstairs on the front porch and a gorgeous day as we edge closer to the weekend. I'm Jerry O'Neill with Mike Tuck and we welcome our friend uh, covers the magic, Philip Rossman Reich, does so for OrlandoMagicDaily.com. Philip, welcome to our show. How are you?
3: I'm doing good. How are you guys doing?
0: Coaches say. And it resonates with me and all these coaches that have coached the Magic. Uh, the first game back from a lengthy road trip is one that many times can catch a team napping. Is that what we saw happen last night with the Magic?
3: I, I think to some extent that is something that, that we saw last night. Um, certainly the, the Magic coming home from a long road trip with a back-to-back at home um, is not an easy thing. And you know, no matter how many players want to say and, and they should say, that you know, we're not gonna use the schedule as an excuse. There are one, maybe two, maybe three games every season that, you know, your body just does not cooperate, that that the schedule kinda of catches up to you and, and you have to find a way to win or, you know, you kinda of get beat up the way the Magic did last night. And and it certainly felt that the Magic, you know, a team that's played such you know, extraordinary defense for the last two, three weeks that, that it seemed to catch up to them, that they just seemed to step slow. They just didn't seem able to kind of fight through physically. Uh, the things that they needed to do to win games. I mean, I think they they got into the paint pretty well against Boston. They just couldn't finish, and a lot of that is just their legs were were out from under them. And so hopefully a a day off before another back-to-back gets them moving back in the right direction.
4: The Celtics' offense, an exception for the Magic here the last few weeks. Uh, Defensively, they have improved. What areas, uh, in your opinion, have they made the biggest strides on that end of the floor?
3: I think the biggest area that they've really improved on is just their overall communication. Uh, they, they work together so much better. I mean, when, when someone gets beat, the helper is there to help, and then the hel- someone's behind him to help the helper. I think that's actually been a huge problem the Magic have had for the last three, four years, is they don't have that second le- level of defense. When Nikola Lucevic steps up to, to guard the ball handler, he knows Serge Ibaka or Aaron Gordon is tucking in behind him to guard his band. That, that having that trust is such a huge thing. And it's allowed the magic to rotate a lot better, to, to fit their scheme a lot better and, and to make big plays at the rim or on that, on that next ball reversal uh, defensively. And I think that's a big difference in, in what the magic are doing. Now.
4: What have been the results of Alfred Payton and Nick Vucevic going to the bench and being replaced by Bismack Biombo and DJ Augustine?
3: I think it's, I think it's more than anything just balance. Um, I think, Having DJ Augustin in the starting lineup just adds another shooter to the, to the perimeter and allows the Magic offense to work better. Uh, for for the Magic coming off the bench, for Vucevic and Peyton to come off the bench, you know they are such a good tandem together. Going up against bench competition, against you know weaker players, so to so to speak, uh, it enables them to get into a rhythm a lot a lot quicker and to, to attack a lot more. So they you know some of their their faults that, that we've seen over the last few years maybe get hidden away a little bit because they're talent wise. A lot better than the players that they're facing. Uh, it, it, Frank Vogel, I think, still kind of has this this uh, you know laissez faire way about things. He's not going, he's he's starting a certain group of players, but doesn't that doesn't mean that's the, that's the that's he's going to finish with. So, Vucevic and Payton have certainly earned time at the end of games with the way that they played and, and the rhythm they've gotten the team into, and they just add a little bit of extra energy. And I, so I think that the the two lineups, that you unit that the Magic use now. Are just a lot more balanced. They're both very strong defensively and they seem to fit better offensively than the previous groups they've used.
0: Our guest is Philip Rossman Reich. He covers the Magic for OrlandoMagicDaily.com. We are uh, live today as we are every Thursday at Lafayette's out on its front porch upstairs at Point Orlando on I Drive. We invite you by there. Come be a part of Tuck and O'Neill today. Philip, obviously, in advance of the five game road trip, the Magic had dropped four straight. Uh, They had lost uh, home and home with Milwaukee, but in there as well, that three-game home losing streak right before they hit the road, home to Phoenix, home to Washington, home to Milwaukee. And then they go out on the road and win four of five. I would have to believe that that was a great bonding experience because losing can take its toll on a professional locker room. When you're out there on the road by yourselves uh, and you're the only one pulling for each other, uh, when you're winning those games, That had to be a a, a real positive for this team at this point in the season. Agree?
3: Yeah, I would definitely agree, and I imagine that that was something that that the Magic wanted to see happen. I mean, I think you saw it in the way that the team celebrated uh, at moments during the game against the Wizards, really for the first time all season. The bench looked really animated and into the game and, and really cheering other players on. I think there was a play where, this Matt Biombo blocked a shot, and he came running down the floor with Serge Ibaka's thumbs down, cheer, uh, thumbs down gesture that he does after block shots, and the entire bench was giving it back to him. So it's it seems like the team did come closer together, and and winning obviously helped that day. They came out first game of that road trip, had a big win against San Antonio, and I think that really set the tone for the rest of the trip, and it confidence only built and, built and built and built and built from there. Uh, on top of that, you know, I think Frank Vogel did a did, did a really nice job, kind of mixing in some some cultural uh, field trips for the team to help them further bond. They, you know, went to the to the Rocky Statue in Philadelphia and ran up the steps at the Art Museum in Philadelphia, and then they um, had a practice day canceled to go visit the uh, Smithsonian Institute of uh, Smithsonian, the Smithsonian Museum of African American History and Culture, which. Um, is you know a, a great opportunity for the team to to come together and and do something as a group that isn't basketball, and I I do think it will benefit the team. And it you know last night felt a little bit like fatigue, so you know we'll, we'll see if they if they can continue to build off that momentum now heading into Friday's game in Charlotte.
0: Now I'm not going to be the grinch here, but you know I've also <laughs> pointed out uh, in its 10 and 13 record of the teams who sit. Below the eight mark, nine through 15 in each conference, below that uh, threshold, the Magic are seven and seven. Against teams that sit in the top eight in either conference, they are three and six. So obviously, you've played significantly more games against that bottom tier, and some of that could change and could find them, teams could find themselves moving into that top eight just with a, a couple of back to back wins and vice versa, falling out of but uh, still much of the heavy lifting of this schedule is yet to come do you agree
3: yes I, I agree completely and I do think that that is a, a cause for concern I mean if you if you read uh, I think John Schumann of NBA.com keeps track of these things he, I think he said that the magic have had the third easiest schedule in the league so far this year um, just despite by, by record and a few of and location and a few other factors that, that he that he takes into account and so yes I do think it is a legitimate concern that the magic have had a pretty easy go of things schedule-wise, they've had a pretty easy schedule-wise and they've been kind of middling to, to mediocre at best. I mean, certainly their offense has struggled and their defense has found itself. Uh, so on, on that hand, yeah, I do I do agree that the, the team is not taking advantage of an easy schedule. And when, when the schedule first came out, I think a lot of us pointed to it and said the Magic got to pick up a lot of wins in the first 30-40 games of the season, and so this is a very important time for the Magic, and I would say within the next month but they have a very heavy home schedule coming up at the, at the end of December after uh, these next, really after Friday's game. They're, they're home for much of the rest of the month. They've got to pick up a lot of wins in, in this stretch before they head out west for the first time in January.
4: Philip, not to say that I'm uh, completely against the big man expanding their range and pulling away from the basket, but uh, I would guess that Nick Vucevic has had about 75% of his touches, if not more, beyond 15 feet, and a lot of jump shots going up from him. Uh, is that really in his or the team's best interest that he's shooting so many outside shots?
3: Uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm still very torn on this because your observation is absolutely correct. I haven't looked at the numbers recently, but um, Nikola Vucevic's post-up, post-ups are down by about 50% from where they were last year. It's, it might be less now. they they posted them up a little bit more. But I think that the Magic have just decided this is how we're going to use Nikola Vucevic, he's always going to be on the floor with either Bismarck Biombo or Serge Ibaka, and they're going to take up space in the paint and on the block. And Vucevic is such a skilled shooter and such a skilled passer that he has a lot of value in pick-and-pop situations or catching the ball at the elbow and helping distribute and kind of run the offense through him uh, in the high post. And so uh, a big part of Vucevic's game, I agree completely, has kind of been lost this year, and it's something that I do think the Magic need to kind of force and make sure they take advantage of is Nikola Vucevic in the low post, where he's still a very efficient scorer. He's just seen a lot fewer touches there, and I think a lot of that just has to do with personnel and the way the Magic
1: have chose to play him.
4: You know, I've, I've thought that at times Aaron Gordon has looked comfortable both putting the ball on the deck and setting up teammates. He's even shown a, a good acumen for finding open guys and, and throwing nice passes. Uh, but maybe two years it's a different story, but it still looks like A little bit of a fish out of a water with him playing small forward. Do you think they'll continue down this route the remainder of the year?
3: I think I think they're they're pretty committed to this experiment. I mean, and and some of it is the roster construction. Um, You know, there may be a time when the Magic are feeling a little more comfortable with things, and they may try a Gordon Ibaka front line. We we saw, I think, against Washington or on the road trip at some point. Correct. Right. Yeah, the Magic did try a, a lineup that had Jeff Green, Aaron Gordon, and Serge Ibaka, but a lot of that was because Dismas Biondo was in foul trouble more than more than anything else. Um, so, you know, there may be opportunities in, in special situations or with special matchups where we see it. But I do think the Magic are going to keep trying Aaron Gordon at the three, at the small forward position. Uh, what what I've noticed a change though with the way they've used Gordon is they're kind of decreasing and simplifying his role a little bit, or, or at least he is not kind of venturing and trying to do everything at once he's really doing a much better job staying within himself and not trying to to over dribble and attack when it's not there um he's doing making plays a lot simpler like maybe a a two dribble pull up or um you know kind of dribble into a post up of some kind or you know in the pick and roll not doing anything too crazy because he's been he struggled as a ball handler in pick and rolls this year uh so i think they've done a good job kind of simplifying things and for now It seems like the experiment is is working to some extent, maybe not to the extent that a lot of Magic fans had hoped for or that the Magic had hoped for at the beginning of the
0: season. Our guest is Philip Rossman-Reich. He's a periodic guest of Tuck and O'Neill. Covers the Magic for OrlandoMagicDaily.com. The Orlando Magic will be at Charlotte tomorrow night at Denver. Make that at home to Denver on Saturday for another uh, back-to-back. Again, at Charlotte on Friday night, home to Denver on Saturday before they go to Atlanta early next week, another back-to-back coming up at the outset of the work week. Uh, Philip, it's still the biggest worry, I think, for the Orlando Magic is scoring the ball, shooting the ball. As we've seen even on this road trip, there are nights where Alfred Payton is masquerading as, you know, somebody else almost by having this prolific night. I think a lot of uh, their success still comes that, uh, on his shoulders because I think uh, for them to play to their best he has to be uh, an integral part of the night that's my opinion I, I look forward to hearing your thoughts on that but it's still a team that's suspect uh, shooting the basketball consistently uh, at least that's my opinion yours your thoughts
3: yeah the, the offense is still a, a major problem for this for the magic on um, there I, I believe they have the, the worst or the second worst field goal percentage across the league. Their um, their offensive rating, which measures points per 100 possessions, they're still 28th or 29th. And even since they made the starting lineup change, and it felt like the offense was playing a little bit better, they're still a bottom 10 offense. Um, this is a team that relies heavily on its defense to keep scores low, and for the offense to to really do just enough. And then they they hit a little bit of a hot streak and made a lot of shots. And, and toward the end of the road trip, and that helped them win some games comfortably. For a change, it was really kind of the first time that they. They'd won a few games by pretty wide margins, other than having to, to squeak it out at the end, like, like they have uh, for much of the season. Um, you know, I'm still of the opinion that I, I agree with you that, that when Alfred Payton is at his best, the Magic offense can work. Um, the problem is Alfred Payton just he isn't consistent. I mean, when he plays like he did Tuesday against the Wizards, the Magic are pretty tough to beat. I mean, even when even though their defense didn't play great that game. Uh, they, they, they proved very difficult to beat when, when Peyton was aggressive and attacking and, and finding others. And It wasn't just that he had 25 points. He had nine assists in that game, too. Uh, when he plays like he has that much of the season, where he's kind of dribbling, dribbling around and, and not quite getting to the basket or getting the pain as effectively, the, the offense stagnates when he's in there. And, and the Magic has had that problem where they just don't have that guy who can create... Offense for himself or, or just make things happen when the play breaks down. It seems like the magic get kind of stuck when their initial, when their initial play ends. And, and that's something that the magic are still going to have to figure out. It could be something that, um, as Josh Robbins and the liner reported earlier this week, the magic are going to be probably looking for a tour in the trade market and it may be something that they have to resolve, um, once the trade market really opens up in the next week or two.
0: Good stuff. We'll leave it at that today. Uh, we very much appreciate your visit when we talk. We we'll look forward to reading your work at Orlando Magic Daily.com. Uh, enjoy the games ahead. We'll talk down the
3: road, okay? Absolutely. Thank you guys for having me on.
2: And I want to thank uh, Tuck and O'Neill once again for having me on. the Tuck, uh, Tuck and O'Neill uh, 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 on Sports Talk Florida, 1080 a.m. in Orlando. Uh, you can also check them out on SportsTalkFlorida.com. Their show airs. Every weekday from three to six PM, be sure to check them out. Uh, my favorite drive time show uh, in the Orlando area. So once again, thank you, thank you guys for having me on and for having uh, and let me talk a little bit, of, a little bit of Orlando Magic. That will do it for Locked On Magic this week. Be sure to follow us all weekend. Uh, I'll I'll tweet from at Omagic Daily. You can also check us out on Twitter at Locked On Magic and be sure to like us on Facebook at Locked On Magic as well. And of course, you can download the podcast on iTunes, Audible, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio all the fun places that you can download podcasts. Locked on Magic is probably there. We do appreciate all the subscriptions and the likes and the comments and the ratings and the reviews and and all the good stuff that lets us get the word out about the Locked on Magic podcast. Until next time, I hope everyone has a fantastic weekend. We'll recap this weekend's games on Monday's episode. Two big games this weekend for the Orlando Magic. We'll see what they can do for Locked On Magic and Orlando Magic Daily.com. this has been Philip Rossman Reich. Have a great weekend, everyone. We'll see you on Monday.
3: You are Locked On Magic, your
2: daily Orlando Magic podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network,
4: your team every day.
1: At participating Napa Auto Parts stores while supplies last, minimum three items, exclusions apply. Offer ends 103117.